In this episode of Ventures by the Lake, we talk with Pratik Mather, the founder of Activated Scale. Activated Scale is a marketplace that helps connect startups with experienced and vetted sales talent. In our talk today, Pratik dives into the first few steps that he took when he decided to start Activated Scale, and also the importance of validating product market fit whenever you begin a new venture. Hope you enjoy. Chicago is home to some well-established names in U.S. business. Innovation is so important because it really is what drives the economic growth of the city. Every child to celebrate its emerging status as an innovation hub. Their potential is what it is. Well, Pratik, we're super excited to have you on the show as our first guest. So I think before we hop into it, would you like to give a quick introduction, talk about a little bit about your background and also Activated Scale? Sure. Mike Anthony, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I've, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I'm so excited to be here. Um, from background perspective, well, you know, I've uh, spent my entire career in, in sales, which has now been 20 years. I have either, you know, sold for a true startup or I've sold for an established organization that was, you know, starting something new. So I've always really associated myself with, uh, with like building from the ground up. And I've really always enjoyed that. And that is what has sort of gotten me to this point where over the last, I'd say, four years or so on the side, I was consulting with a few uh, founders, really helping them think through their sales strategy, their go-to-market, you know, inbound, outbound, hiring to the very tactical side of sales, the messaging, cadences, value prep, et cetera. And that's what really sort of drove me to that point of building on a marketplace angle where not only can I, uh, you know, drive a lot more impact on a lot more founders, but also give the opportunity to salespeople so that they can focus on what they know best and help these startup founders scale faster. So Activated Scale now is a marketplace where, where we're focused on uh, startups and small businesses, and we're really helping them scale by either you know, helping them think through what their, what their go-to-market strategy should be, where we connect them with a VP of sales, head of sales, someone that's built out strategy before, right through to organizations that are looking for that sales motion, where we connect them with sales reps that can help them scale. So all of this is being done in a fractional model. Um, I started this on uh, April 15th of uh, 2021, and it's been one hell of a ride. I'm so excited that I'm on this ride. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, we've loved working with you at Techstars and everything in the past. Kind of diving back into that a little bit. It sounds like you were in the space before Activated Scale. Do you remember that moment, or maybe it wasn't a moment, maybe it was kind of gradually over time where you had this idea to actually turn it into a marketplace? Yeah. So this is actually startup number four for me. So I've had three amazing failed attempts where, you know, where I've learned so much from those attempts. But startup number three is what really got me to Activated Scale. So with startup number three, what I was really trying to do was I was trying to, you know, build a marketplace where I could connect new and first time sales managers with VPs of sales who had been there and done that before, right? So they had been promoted, they had led teams. And what I realized through number three was the fact that, you know, um, in this in this entire sales manager call it training piece, um, 
you know, most organizations don't don't really look at sales managers as the people that actually need the training. So my sales cycle was just crazy long and, you know, it's something that I couldn't really manage. And well, here we go. You know, I was also consulting on the side and lo and behold, I had built up a network of VPs of sales that wanted to help other companies. So it just sort of was, you know, was like a natural fit where in which I'd say, Towards the end of December 2020, if I'm not mistaken, was was when I was sort of thinking, okay, hey, I have this phenomenal network of sales leaders uh, that I've that I've built. What do I really do with them? And it was sort of, I think, December 2020, early Jan-ish of 21 was where I was like, hey, I've been consulting with founders. Can I sort of test this out with a few founders with these? VPs of sales. And that's where really things started to take shape. And I'd say March, April was when I was like, hey, this is what I should really be focused on, which is the marketplace angle, working with startups, with these salespeople. And the market then sort of dictated where in which I had like a lot of my customers who would now come to me and say, hey, you know, uh, strategy, go to market. That's all great. You know, I have my VCs that can connect me with these with these sales leaders. What I really need is that hands-on execution. And that's when it sort of really morphed into the fact that now we could not only help the strategy side, but also the execution side of it. Yeah, for sure. And kind of zooming into that timeline between December of 2020, said in April um, of 2021, I mean, that's relatively quick, like a few months there. What could you kind of like walk us through the process of what was going through your head? Like in December, you kind of, think, hey, this might be something I want to do, get started on startup number four. And then like, what was your first step from there? Yeah. So the first step for me was, well, number one, I had to figure out if I could really get the talent that wanted to do that. So I I, I really started from the supply side of this, where I started to reach out to my current network and, you know, just to start to understand from them whether they could actually help these early stage founders with, uh, you know, with the go-to-market and the strategic help that that they could potentially need. And, uh, you know, there were a few that could and a lot that weren't necessarily equipped to do that or didn't really have the background or the bandwidth to actually work with someone hand-in-hand for X number of hours every single week. So that's, you know, that's where I, like, really started was from the supply side. And, you know, it was this, this one customer or this, well, rather this, this like one prospect, you know, who, who sort of opened my eyes up where he's like, Pratik, supply is great, but hey, it's the demand that is going to pay for those services, not the supply. And that was just kind of like such an obvious thing that I didn't really think of, uh, you know, that I didn't really think through. And that's when I was like, okay, I have some supply let me start validating whether demand actually needs this. And then I sort of went through the validation phase. You know, I reached out to, and I, you know, and I still remember, I think that I, that I emailed more than 6,500 startup founders where I was living and breathing Crunchbase and, you know, trying to interview them. So I sort of landed up interviewing 234 startup founders and it was, unanimous that, hey, yes, there was a bunch of them that could really use this, this strategic help. So yes, initially started with the, you know, with the supply that I'd already built out, but then, you know, went really deep to validate 
uh, with demand. And uh, that's when things really started to take shape. So two-sided marketplace, like that's, it seems like that's an issue that a lot of these um, startups face or a lot of these companies that are two-sided marketplaces. And there's also a lot of examples of them. Like it doesn't have to be matching salespeople to startups. It can be like, you know, anything that involves getting that both that demand side and that supply side. And you talked a little bit about it there, but like, what are some of the issues with, um, or any of the problems you faced with balancing the sides of those marketplaces and make sure it's not like, you know, you have all the supply, don't have the demand or the other way around. Yeah. So I think that is still, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's still a balancing act. That's still something that I'm still trying to uh, figure out, but I'd say, you know, one of, the biggest things that I that I learned was, especially in a in a talent marketplace, the quality of the talent has to be on par. And yes, quality is subjective, one hundred percent. But at least having some standardized way to sort of vet the talent prior to giving them access to opportunities is key. So uh, how do you think so that's when? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. go ahead. I was going to say, so how do you think about that with scale? Like when, when you're talking about the quality um, of that and as you grow, like, and you can't necessarily get eyes on every single person that comes in there. Like, how do you, how do you think about scaling with that? Yeah. So, you know, initially it was, you know, me leaning on my experience. So 14 of my 20 years being in sales, I, you know, I, I built a ton of uh, sales team. So I, I sort of leaned in on, my experience and you know thanks to Techstars is where i sort of realized that hey you know gut is great but gut is not scalable and uh, you know and working with the mentors uh, you know i mean through Techstars, especially Murt, he's the one that that sort of was the psychotique all good fantastic but let's put down certain processes here and that's when things really started you know started to like uh, take shape so purely from a scalability perspective. And I'm sure that I'm going to, you know, iterate and I'm going to make a hell of a lot more mistakes. That's all part and parcel of this. But, you know, moving from initially just being focused on gut and, you know, focused on people that I, that I knew, I've sort of, you know, moved that more into like a vetting process wherein which, you know, it's three steps today. It's, it's, a, it's a simple type form initially just to ensure that I have the right kind of supply. But then beyond that is where I then send them like a case study. They're, they're expected to send me a 60 to 90 second pitch video. And based upon that is where I then dig deeper into a 30 minute one-on-one -on -one, uh, chat with them. So what I found as of today is that, you know, using this process, as of right now, I have a 12% acceptance rate. I want to sort of bring that even uh, further and tie that up like a little bit more. But just just using this has sort of helped me to tap into network that that I wouldn't have otherwise. But also it's helped me to really save a ton of time, uh, you know, ensuring that I'm speaking with the right people as opposed to speaking with every salesperson. So as of right now, this has gotten me to this point with this vetting uh, uh, process. I'm sure as I as I scale further, which I will. Um, there will be a lot more uh, mistakes that I'll make and, you know, we'll, we'll go uh, fix all those mistakes step by step. For sure. So, I mean, you've already talked about a few things like starting with the supply side moving to the demand side. And we just talked about scale a little bit. Um, it seems like there's just a lot of moving parts, like things change as time goes on. The ideas evolved. Like, 
Could you give us maybe a quick overview of how you feel that activated scale has evolved from that inception point, like back in December of 2020 to today? Yeah. Yeah. And also, also adding in like seeing how you've like kind of pivoted from that third iteration of your startup um, to this one. What, what was like that big moment of, okay, the day that you said, I need to make that pivot. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about that day? Yeah, I think revenue, uh, you know, uh, decides everything. Um, you know, uh, personal savings dwindling, uh, you know, makes you sort of, you know, think about what you're really doing. Uh, for me, fortunately, I have a phenomenal family behind me that, you know, that, that supports my every crazy move. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, I mean, like today when I, you know, when I, when I sort of look back, at December 2020 and sort of, you know, think, think through, okay, I'm really going to be more strategic. I'm really going to be helping a particular kind of a founder into the market, really deciding where I should really take this, which is, yes, the one side is the strategic angle right down to, you know, right down to the execution uh, side of it. It's, it's really the market that has uh, decided that for me. A lot of things have like really evolved. Like I didn't even have a working marketplace website right? down to down to what I have today, which is definitely a whole lot more functional. Um, you know, so I mean, a lot of things have have, of course, evolved over time. Um, just the way that I'm messaging today. That's also changed. Like if you were to ask me in like December 2020 what I'm doing, I'd be like, yeah, I'm trying to help startup founders you know, connect them with some strategic people. And well, you know, if you were to like dig deep, I would have no answers. Uh, you know, so my, like my messaging has changed. The positioning has changed. The kinds of, you know, companies that I'm working with has changed. And, you know, over time, I'm also now working with small businesses, right? Which is something that I had never even thought of doing before. So, you know, there, there, are, there are so many things that, that happened over time, right? From thinking this could be something right down to where your customers are like really telling you what is actually needed um, is, you know, it's like really what's, what sort of got me to this point today. Yeah, for sure. And you talked a little bit about getting feedback from mentors like Mert and how he helped you develop some of those processes and stuff like that. Over the course of this evolution and with things changing and kind of like all over the place, so many moving parts in this business, how do you manage to stay focused throughout that process and not let it get to you? I mean, if there's something where it's like you have an idea, it doesn't quite work, have to move to something else. How do you maintain that focus and say like, all right, I'm still going in the right direction? Yeah. Revenue. Simple as that. It's it's, it's a simple answer, right? One is uh, revenue in like terms of, you know, are my customers actually willing to pay me for it? At the end of the day, you know, I, I work with so many founders and I speak with so many founders and I, you know, and I, and I hear something which is, which is always really interesting. Hey, here's my idea. It's my billion dollar idea. It's the next, you know, unicorn or whatever the term is. The fact of the matter is, is that if your customers don't want it, it doesn't matter. It has no legs. It's as simple as that, right? So, I mean, um, the one side of it is is always listening and working closely with your customers, really understanding what is working, what's not working, what can be fixed. Like, for example, 
just this morning I was speaking with my existing customer where I'm like, hey, you know, how's the engagement going? What, you know, what are some of the things that, that are working and what are some of the things that aren't working? So it's, it's being in constant communication with your customers, listening to what they're saying and really understanding, even, even if it's their feedback, like is that feedback something that you can actually scale? Because I think, you know, going back to all of my customers, everyone has told me something that I can fix. But is that really, you know, for that particular situation, as opposed to is it really something which would be scalable at a, you know, at a much larger, uh, you know, uh, set of uh, customers, right? So, I mean, revenue has to dictate that profitability has to dictate that, but also what your customers are telling you is by far the most important piece to Diving more into that critique, um, when it comes to customers, what is the best way you found um, to get customer feedback? Is, is that so important, client feedback? The only way to pivot in the right direction is to get your stakeholders' opinion. How best do you go about getting that from them? Um, yeah. Is it How do you set those up? Yeah, so um, when I start working with anyone, I set the expectations with them. Where I'm like, look, I, I will be checking in with you every two weeks. I will be over communicating with you as I'm going through the process. I will be, you know, ensuring that at that two week mark, you know, maybe the first is just a simple email. But after that, the expectation is that you also set up time with me where we are speaking at least once every couple of weeks. Right. So I'm setting expectations up front with all of my customers. And so far, it's been, you know, really rewarding to see that all these customers are also more than willing to set up time also more than willing to you know to you know to like to like improve upon what they're doing so i think the the first side of it is getting the ex expectations right with them but also ensuring that you're following through with it right so i have like a few of like my customers who are you know who've who've actually asked me you know something similar like hey you know what i've sold to this person i'm not sure if it's really working. I'm like, well, have you followed it through? Have you, you know, been the first person to stand up and say, hey, this is not working. How can we fix it together? Right. So um, especially in what I'm doing today, where, you know, where it is mission critical for an organization, especially from a startup's perspective, that if they really want to, you know, scale their organization, sales is the only thing that really matters. And here is an experienced salesperson who's saying, let's meet. It's also on, uh, you know, on them. And it's also their benefit to, you know, to want to speak with me and give me that feedback so that both of us improve together. What's the most valuable conversation you've had with a customer today? And like, why is that the case? <laughs> or if you have any wow. off the top of your head. Wow. That is such a loaded question, my friend. <laughs> uh, where do I even, even start? Um, so maybe at a high level, you know, I can sort of talk about the model, right? So I think, um, like when I started to build this, right, it, the constant feedback that I was getting was that, Hey, you sound like a temp staffing agency. And the piece of that was, well, the way that I was going to market, the way that I was helping connect them with salespeople. And when I sort of look back at it, I was like, I can call myself a marketplace all day, 
But if I'm actually behaving like a temp staffing agency, I will be looked as a temp staffing agency. And there's nothing wrong in that. Absolutely nothing wrong in that. But the fact of the matter is, is that my goal is to build a marketplace. I have to act like a marketplace. Um, so the one side of it was this, right? Where, where like my customers were telling me, hey, as a temp staffing agency, how can you work with me? And I was like, holy shit. No, that's not what I'm doing. So that was one of, I'd say, the, the most valuable pieces of you know, feedback that my customers were, of course, uh, giving me. And then besides that, like just the way that I was going to market in like terms of, you know, is this a managed marketplace? Is this a you know, marketplace such as like an Upwork or like a Fiverr, right? So both of them have, you know, different models and both of them have different outcomes. Now, again, speaking to my customers, um, being startup founders, a lot of them were like, Pratik, look, I don't know what I don't know. So while, yes, that you can create the most gorgeous site with the best UI UX, and you can, you know, sort of direct me to two or three people that could be like a good fit, I will, at the end of the day, I still don't know what I don't know. So while I can go to the site and I can pick people to sort of speak with that look good and sound good for my particular situation and for my business, that's not what I really want. I want the managed side of it. I want to be able to speak with you. So that was like another piece of, of, of feedback that I was getting, right? So it's, I mean, again, going back to your question about, you know, valuable piece, I think it's, it's just such a, such an interesting evolution to, you know, to sort of work with your customers, listen to what they're saying. And in fact, not only from the demand side, I had a lot of like my salespeople who were like, Pratik, you're just charging me 5%. You're doing all the hard work. You're the one finding the opportunity and you're just taking 5% from me, which was also something which was kind of, kind of crazy. I was like, wait, you're okay if I, if I charge you more? They were like, yeah, you, sh you should charge me 15%. Why are you charging me 5%? Because again, at the end of the day, you're the one that is doing all the hard work. I would never get access to this opportunity if it wasn't for you, uh, which, is, which is also kind of mind-blowing, right? So this is also you know, ex exceptionally valuable feedback. And then it sort of then also moved into, okay, you know, here I have a salesperson, but how am I monitoring them? Uh, gosh, I hadn't really thought of that piece. Um, so how do we really think through KPIs? And now I'm sort of working with my founders, sorry, with my customers who are founders to sort of help them think through what those KPIs should be and based upon what that, what that end goal is. So it's sort of, you know, moving into, that situation where, yes, you have that salesperson, but how do you monitor them? Are they the right people to actually get you to your goal? So I'm not sure if it's one valuable piece of feedback. There's just so much from both sides, especially being like a two-sided uh, marketplace that uh, has sort of taken shape today. For sure. And how do you manage, like, um, I'm sure that all of your customers have tons of advice for you and things that they'd like to change and do differently. And it probably would conflict in certain ways. Like how do you decide what to take on and tackle versus what to maybe put on the shelf and, and, and save for later? How do you prioritize? I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing that I'm always sort of trying to figure out is that, is that feedback for that specific situation with that one kind of a customer, or is it something that can actually help me with all of my other customers? Right. So for example, uh, you know, going back to this, you know, going back to this uh, feedback from the salesperson that, hey, that you should be charging me more. Um, in that situation, I was like, okay, is that just that one salesperson or are there more who actually think of that that way? 
then was going to the rest of the people. And I was like, hey, here's what I'm getting. What are your thoughts? The, the, the same thing now on the demand side of it, right? It was like, you know, uh, how do I measure something? Uh, and now it was, again, going back to all the other founders. Is that really valuable to you or it's not? Um, so it's, it's, you know, I mean, again, I, I cannot take every piece of feedback that I get and test it with everyone, but it's really ensuring that I, at a high level, understand what my end goal is. And I'm also sort of thinking through if that feedback is scalable for everybody as opposed to one situation. Cool. You have anything here? Not, not on customers. I think that's all I have there, but I would love to move into, can, um, can we ask you a quick thing? Yeah, um, no, you so, so kind of going off of this customers thing and talking about product development, obviously like in order to get customer feedback, you have to have customers in the first place. Right. Um, Going back to the timeline of when you had this idea in December of 2020, moving to April, what was like, what was the first thing you shipped? What was the process for developing that? Um, how quickly did you get it out there? How did you make sure that what you had was something you were proud of and good enough to get out there, but also you don't take 10 years to build it? And when did you know if, if there's a certain like day or week where it's like, hey, activated scale, like this is out of all my iterations, out of all of my failures, why was activated scale? You ready to actually go full in on this? This is it, 100%. I'm ready to make the jump to be a full-time founder um, in that in that regard. Yeah. We, can, we can jump in both of those questions. Good. Yeah, yeah sure. So, uh, I mean, with startup number two, where, and, and again, I, I, I still love the 3D printing space. I was really trying to figure out, hey, can this, can this entire 3D printing piece be moved online? And I sort of started to think through how it is. I built up something. I, you know, launched it. And that old adage of, you know, build it and they will come, well, is no longer applicable. So <laughs> that, was, that was really the point where I was like, okay, if this is something that's going to make sense, I have to validate it. And that validation is speaking to who my potential customers are. So going back to what I said earlier, I like, like, you know, email 6,500 odd people spoke with 200 on uh, 234 founders. And through that process was where I was able to sort of, you know, not only decide who the ideal customer is, because uh, I was speaking with founders who were, you know, seed, pre-seed, CEs, all of that good stuff. And that's what sort of helped me to, uh, to like figure out and I hone in on one kind of a customer. But then also, you know, going back to something that I was proud of. I mean, I love uh, Paul Graham saying, right, that if that if, uh, you know, that if you are taking uh, or and I'm sort of uh, messing this up, but it's something to the extent of, you know, that if you aren't uh, sort of proud of your first iteration that you've taken too damn long. And I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to ship it. We'll see what happens. What's the worst thing? Customers say this sucks. That's it. That's, again, great, valuable feedback that I can take and I can build from there. Um, Mike, what was the second piece? Sorry. Yeah, the second question was, uh, is there a certain like day or week where you knew activated scale was like going to be going to be it for you and that you were ready to jump? to be a full-time founder that jump yeah. from, Hey, ideation, um, to maybe product and scaling to, Hey, I am Pratik, the CEO of activated scale. I am a full-time founder now. 
Yeah. So, um, April 20th of 2021, 3.54 p.m. is when I got my first sale. That was the sweetest $45 I've ever made in my life. That was just, just something that I will never forget. I will never forget that customer. I am forever indebted to that customer. But that, that, that sweet little 45 bucks is what really ensured that, hey, I was probably on a path of something that could be something. Right. And uh, it was a sale of $454.20. And I made my 45 bucks. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I made 45 bucks. This is great. Um, and then what was interesting was through my validation process is where some of these guys were actually telling me, hey, Pratik, I could use this. Do you know someone? So weirdly enough, while I was validating, I was building pipelines. And while I was building pipeline, I was tapping to tapping into my network of folks who were who were interested in in doing this, and that's when it it sort of just made sense that hey, here I made a little bit of money. Yes, forty five dollars is not going to pay anything, but here I made a little bit of money, and here I have a little bit pipeline that's being built through my validation, and I have salespeople from a supply perspective who actually want to do this. Uh, so why not just just jump into activated scale and you know see where this where this leads right and uh worst case scenario for me at that stage was you know what i'll have to rework my resume and, and you know and i find a job that's the worst case scenario there is nothing else that can stop me nothing else right i mean i i mean being a salesperson i am I'm used to listening to no's every single day. I've been hearing no's for the last 20 years. I've been, you know, screwing up for the last 20 years. That's all, you know, being part and parcel of, of, of being a salesperson. So I wasn't really afraid of failing once again. No big deal. But it was just the fact that I could make that 45 bucks. I could build some pipeline where I was like, maybe this has legs. That's all it was. And, you know, first month was, what, 454 bucks. Uh, second month was, what, $2,360. Third month was $5,400 from a revenue perspective. I was like, wait a second, there's something here. <laughs> For sure. Like, and also, so why? It, it, it sounds like this is startup number four. First three didn't necessarily go your way. Like, how do you how do you stick through that? How do you, how do you not go get a job? You know, like what's, what kept you through it all this time? And then like, why is this something that you've decided to really commit your life to? And, and by that, I mean, entrepreneurship as a whole and starting businesses. Oh gosh. Um, growing up, my dad had his own business. So that's what I sort of was used to seeing. I was used to seeing the stress associated with him running his own business, something like, I'm never going to do this for myself. <laughs> yeah. And here I am. But that's, that's, that's the world that I knew. There's literally nothing else that I, that I knew growing up. And then weirdly enough, I got into sales, which in a way, if you think about it, is by far the most entrepreneurial thing that you can do. Uh, because you are prospecting every day. You are trying to win deals every day. You're, you're, you're like, you know, you're, you're being creative from a 
messaging perspective every day. You're testing every damn thing every single day and you're making mistakes every single day. So if you think about sales and you think about entrepreneurship, it's sort of something that I've been sort of used to, to a certain extent. Yes, not full-time, but something that I've been used to to a certain extent, plus my dad's uh, uh, experience. And, you know, like today, uh, when, I, when I look back and, you know, going back to why is this something that, I'm, that I've committed like my life to, I mean, honestly, when I just think about what I'm doing today, yes, I'm in the business of matching salespeople with founders who need them and help them scale. Yes, that's the business. But my business is more than that. I'm in the business of driving impact. As cliched as it sounds, that's what I'm doing. I'm helping my fellow founders realize their goals and I'm helping my fellow salespeople realize their goals. So one of the, the coolest things that's come about this is that from a, you know, from a, from, yes, from a founder's perspective, they are growing, they're getting sales, their business is growing, they're getting the next round of funding. And I'm part of that journey. From a salesperson's perspective, it's been so cool to see that the side income that they've made, uh, they've paid off student loans. They have bought a house. They are saving money for their kids' education. So now when you think about what I'm really doing, which is, which is what really drives me every day and why I'm committed to this, I'm in the business of creating impact. I'm in the business of creating impact for this entire startup ecosystem, for the sales ecosystem. That's what wakes me up every single day. That's what helps me make my mistakes every single day. That's amazing. And Pratik, mentioning there, you mentioned um, ecosystems and impact. I would love to know, uh, being from the city of Chicago, starting your business here in the city of Chicago, what um, what piece of the ecosystem has had the biggest impact on you and uh, Activated Scale so far? Yeah. If there's one thing that I'll say, it has to be Techstars. There's, there's, there's literally um, nothing that has had such a huge impact on on my business, on my life, than those three months that I had the opportunity to spend with Techstars. Um, and I'm so grateful that I was part of Techstars Chicago because um, honestly, this Chicago ecosystem, the Chicago you know, network, the Chicago startup uh, ecosystem is, is unreal. It's just unreal. The people that you get to meet here are, are humble. They are hardworking. They will do any damn thing to, you know, to, you know, to, to you know, try make it work while still being authentic to who they really are. And I find that to be so peculiar to what Chicago is and what Chicago stands for. For sure. So that's, of course... After the fact, like, why did you apply to Techstars in the beginning? Did you know that it was going to be that valuable when you first submitted the application? <laughs> no, you know, um, I working with startup founders, they were all like, "Hey, you're a, you know, like, 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 you're a solo founder. Things are making sense. Maybe look at like an accelerator." And I was like, "You know, accelerators sound cool. Uh, is it busy work?" You know, is it actual work that's that's going to really make a difference to to my business? You know, um, 
accelerators talk about mentors and network and all of that good stuff. But I'm like, hey, I'm a salesperson. Who don't I have access to? Or who can I not get access to as a salesperson? Weirdly enough, you know, when I when I went through the entire, you know, Techstars application process, and yes, it was that simple form, you know, fill that in. But then when I got Brad's email about, hey, exercise number one, exercise number two, exercise number three, and so on and so forth, I was like, you know what? Even if I don't get into Techstars, I'm a better founder because of just these two or three exercises that I've, you know, that I've, that I've had to do like a simple thing, like jobs to be done. Right. I mean, I, you know, fortunately I had validated enough. So yes, that piece of it in terms of answering that exercise was, was sort of easier. But as I was going through the entire material that was sent, listening to the video, I'm like, holy shit, this is freaking amazing. And then I got the financial modeling piece of it. And you know, call it timing, but that was the time when when I was actually going through the motions of building my own financial model and, you know, getting uh, Troy's video through that. I was like, my God, even if I don't get into Techstars, this is already so valuable. Uh, and then here, you know, here we are uh, months out of Techstars. And again, l- looking back at it, yes, my, yes, my business has gotten better thanks to Techstars but I'm a better founder thanks to Techstars. So if you could go back and tell Pratik, pre-Techstars Pratik, any bit of advice, what would that be? Oh gosh, soak in everything that's being sent. Uh, you know, that's being sent, that's being said, soak it all in, you know, do the hard work, uh, you know, build those relationships, not only with the Techstars Chicago team, with the mentor network, but with your fellow Techstars founders, um, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I would say, Hey, you know what, take this in, soak it in. It's a special opportunity. It's an opportunity that, that, that may not come knocking at your doors ever again. So take it, do the best. And I think that, you know, I was, I was able to give, give it everything, but man, if there's, if there's anything, you know, just, just be proud of being part of this, you know, call it, cliched word family just like like just be you know like like just be proud of that that's it i mean now you know uh post stars i you know i mean i like get a few founders who are like hey you know does this make sense should i apply i'm like you will do yourself and your business a huge disservice if you don't apply but that being said don't just apply to every accelerator out there there are so many of them uh apply to a few that actually make sense for you. Don't just go behind the branding of YC or, uh, you know, I mean, or like Techstars, but figure out if that program actually makes sense for you. Yeah, for sure. And so it sounds like what you're saying is like, I think a lot of the draw to some of these accelerators like Techstars YC is the brand name and it's, yep. it's founders coming in wanting to raise money and then assuming that having that to back them up will help them do that in the future, which is probably very true in certain situations, but it sounds like what you got out of it was much more than that. And also other stuff as well. Um, like, like you just talked about. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, 
I speak with like a lot of founders as my customers, you know, who who are only looking at YC, who are only looking at 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 tech stars, and like the one question always is why, you know, and they're like, hey, branding. I was like, is that gonna drive customers to you? And 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 you know, I I hear this so many times. Uh, the answer is no. So I'm like, why? You know, why is it these two? So I think, you know, just being very, very clear about why you want to join, who you want to join, um, is just really important. And yes, all of that is true. The branding is helpful. Yes, but at the end of the day, it's not Techstars, but it's not YC that is going to get you the money. It's your business. It's your customers. It's your revenue. It's your growth. It's the way that is the way that you that you think through. It's the way that you adapt. It's the way that you iterate. And most importantly, it's how quickly you make those mistakes and jump out of those mistakes and learn from them and fix your business. For sure. Yeah, thinking maybe. thinking through that too, um, like the impact that the Chicago ecosystems had on you and like this TechStars program, um, as activated scale continues to scale, what impact do you think? you and the company can possibly have on like the ecosystem as a whole? Gosh, um, I'm hoping that I'm, that I'm able to, you know, help a lot more founders realize their dreams. I mean, at at the end of the day, uh, not everyone can be a startup founder. I know that today. Um, And I, you know, and I, and I'm not saying that we're like a different group or like a different breed of people no it's the fact that this takes something beyond just just having a dream or a goal uh so i think you know at at the end of the day if i'm able to drive and i'm able to help a lot more founders get to where they really want to go i think i would have done my job well um from a salesperson's perspective you know if i'm able to help them further i think i would have done my job well that's and 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 again, I mean, like today as as well, like when I'm sort of prospecting and looking into more and more customers, I'm looking at this Chicago Midwest ecosystem that I can help. That's that's the most important piece of it, for sure. So I have a question, a little bit off script here, um, but I've been dying to ask it, kind of for a <laughs> while now. Has there been a low point? Like we've been talking about a lot of great things with Activated Scale. Like, have you had any low points or any big ones? And then like. How did you push through that? Because at the end of the day, you know, wanting to help people is awesome. Is is that what really kept you going through that whole thing? Oh gosh, there have been so many low points. Where do I even even start? We'll have to take like another five hours to go through that. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there have been low points right from right from me second guessing myself. Uh, low points right from churn. Low points right from customers telling me I'm a. Uh, I'm, what was the word? And I'm not sure that if I can use that word, um, but it was, you know, everything from this has to be the most stupidest, dumbest. You can use the word. You can use it. <laughs> stupidest, dumbest motherfucking idea that I've ever come across. Uh, right to, you know, right to prospective VCs that I wanted to partner with to help their portfolio company scale, saying that, dude, why would I work with a, you know, with a dumb brown, brown dude? Uh you know, I've, 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 I've gone through all of that and, and, and that sort of, you know, uh, number one, you know, initially it's like, wait, people still talk like that. Uh, number two, 
it's just like, wait, am I, am I really, you know, doing this? Is this really making sense? Because that guy seems to be a whole lot smarter than me. Um, you know, right through to, you know, looking back at your, at your bank account and saying, holy shit, wait a second. I've got two kids I've got to feed. I have a family to run. Is this really worth all the trouble? You know, right to, um, to all those sleepless nights. And I've had so many of them and I keep still having all of them. Um, you know, there are so many low points and there have been so many low points through this entire journey. Uh, but if there's one thing that, you know, that has sort of helped me, um, you know, get through this has been my kids, has been my wife, nothing else. Uh, yes, impact. Yes, wanting to help people, all of that good stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's my inner circle that has helped me stand. It's my inner circle that has helped me stand taller. Um, and, you know, today when I, you know, when I have my low points, it's this, this brilliant textiles community. Uh, my, you know, like my cohort mates, you know, who, who I know are friends for life. These are the folks that, that help you keep going. We're in this together right? That's, that's it. So, you know, while yes, that we've spoken so much about, you know, high points and you know, all the good stuff that have been maybe, you know, a hundred times more low points, uh, you know, that, you know, that have happened. And it's, it's an emotional grind, man. It's, it's an emotional grind. Uh, you know, traction is great. Revenue is great. Money is great. You know, help is great, but it's, it's an emotional grind, um, you know, being mentally strong um, sort of helps you through it. But having that network of people that can help you stand taller is by far the most important thing. Yeah, well, and incredible respect to you and also all their founders, because it's not easy for anyone. And at the end of the day, it's what helps everything move forward, right? Like, Activated scale is going to become a billion dollar business and, and it's oh, going to make a huge impact on everybody. So, yeah, but um, I, I guess before we wrap, just kind of like last questions here. Um, where is activated scale now? Where are you now and what's next? Yeah. Um, so today things are, you know, things are good. Customers are there. Customers are happy. Churn is a whole lot lower than what it was last year. Um my my I, the the quality of the talent pool has definitely you know gotten a whole lot better. My processes are a whole lot better. I mean, honestly, before building like a marketplace, I didn't realize how operationally heavy this is. Um, so that's gotten a whole lot better today. Um, so yeah, you know, so far so good. Uh, billion dollar company unicorn. I have no idea about all of that. We'll see if it happens. Great. If it doesn't happen, great. I don't know about all of that just yet. That's not what my goal is. My goal uh, by the end of this year is to hopefully get to, you know, one and a half million dollars in revenue for this year. Um, if I can get to that is, you know, is when I will say to myself that this is a business and it's not a hobby. That's awesome. And then finally, any words of advice to say, Anyone out there who's maybe working at a job and they're they're not loving it, they have a side project, they have an idea they're working on, 
any words of advice to them to kind of give them that extra push to make the jump into doing it full time? Yeah. I mean, ideas are everywhere. That's all good. Glad you have an idea. Go validate it. That's the first thing. You know, go validate it with potential customers. Be ready to listen to no's from from a validation process. Um, you know, so first things first, if you're in a job, you know, understand that this is a long-term ride. What you see, you know, and what you hear in the news about overnight successes, that is not true. It takes 10 years or more to get to an overnight success. Uh, so remember that. Uh, you know, if there's, if there's anything else, I'll say be financially ready for it. Um, you know, it is not worth it to have nothing in your bank account. And I know this is probably, you know, not what people want to hear because, well, did you like hear about the hustle culture and you read about all these phenomenal, you know, tech crunch articles, but be financially ready for what is going to be the greatest ride of your life. Uh, you know, be emotionally ready for what is going to be the, the, the greatest mind fuck of your life. Um, but it is, gosh, the most re rewarding experience. And, and if you're in it for the right reasons, things will happen. Awesome, man. Well, it's been a blast having you on. Um, we really appreciate you being our guinea pig here with our first episode, <laughs> but, um, yeah, for sure. Like it's, it's been awesome. All of that is super insightful and I hope that it's a value to, to our listeners and, and everybody else. So, you know, thanks again. It's, it's been awesome. From the bottom heart, Pratik, uh, thank you again for your time. And it's, it's always a joy whenever we, uh, get to hang out with the tech stars founder, uh, how close we are with you and the rest of the cohort. It's a blast always getting to catch up. Thank you guys so much for having me here. Uh, you guys are freaking amazing. Y'all don't know the amount of impact you have had on me. So thank you once again for having me here. <laughs>